0: And now, after an absence of almost 43 years, it's the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show. So please, welcome back the man better known at the BBC as who? John Dredge. He's not here, is he? Anyone know where he might be? He's coming by tube. Oh, right. Probably stuck on the Oenedan line.
1: Once again, me hearties, apologies for the delay. We're currently
2: being held at a red signal while the emergency services deal with me the on the track. Flooding at Liverpool Street and an unattended plague in the rear carriage. You're strongly advised to use an alternative route or other mode of transport to get to your destination. Now, who'll be first to walk the
0: plank? Well, while we here in the, for want of a better word, studio, wait for John and the team to arrive, here's another chance to hear last Tuesday's edition of whatever was on last Tuesday. <laughs>
3: done for the day? Oh, but Susan, I was going to ask if you could wait around for a delivery of 300 tonnes of silage.
1: I'm afraid I can't, Tim. I've arranged to meet Desmond and Phyllis.
3: No matter. I'll ask Clary. She needs the overtime.
1: Clary's not in today. She's gone to see Bernie and Fred.
3: Fred, who works with Edith?
1: You are thinking of Beryl. She works with Edith. Fred works with Vera. And Tom. Tom? You know, Tom who married his cousin.
3: Oh, that Tom.
1: What about Stan and Janie? Can't they do it?
3: No, they're out with Norman, Daphne, Bill, Ralph, Nicholas, Anna, Jeremy, Basil, Gemma, Larry and Eloy. I suppose I could ask Cedric.
1: He was written out last week. What about Donald?
3: Garrotted in a freak silage accident.
1: Poor Donald. Well, there's always Eamon.
3: He died last year.
1: Honestly, I can't keep track of who's still in this programme and who isn't. Affecting anyone.
3: No, primarily because we're standing in the middle of a field man Afternoon, everyone
2: I thought you were dead No, no, just a bit peaky, that's all Well, this calls for a celebration Sorry, Tim, but I'm afraid I've got to go
1: But you've only just got here
2: I only came here to tell you both that I was going That's a shame I was going to ask if you could sign for 300 tonnes of soilage Still, if you've got to go
1: Say hello to Pat and Maggie from us all, won't you? Who? You're a wife and daughter.
2: Oh, right. I can't keep track of all these ruddy people either. What a shame he couldn't stay longer.
1: Yeah, but it was awfully nice of him to bring his own door.
3: And good to see him up and about after his recent near, uh non-death experience.
1: Er, uh, Tim? Yes? Oh, never mind.
3: No, Susan, what is it?
1: Well, it's just that... Yes? Oh, never mind.
3: Come along, Susan. Is something the matter?
1: Do you really want to know? Yes, I do. Really?
3: Yes, really.
1: Oh, never mind.
3: Please, Susan, talk to me, or there won't have been any plot developments in this episode at all.
1: Well, Tim, it's just that. Yes? Didn't someone deliver 300 tonnes of silage yesterday?
3: They did, but you can never have too much silage. Well,
1: can, Tim. I jolly well think you can.
0: And there'll be another delivery of silage at the same time tomorrow. But now I'm pleased to inform you that John Dredge and his team are finally on their way. In fact, they're just coming into view now. And here's John being lowered to ground level on the end of a rope. He's closely followed by the rest of the cast, parachuting to the ground. And last but not least, here's the producer.
3: You OK, Richard?
4: Oh, yeah, thanks. I don't... Get much use out of that part of my body, anyway.
1: It's a gas.
3: Good evening to you and yours, and all members of the human race, and others, and people, and everyone, everywhere. Yes, I think that just about covers it. I'm Enid Kugelschreibers. Sorry, I'll, I'll read that again. I'm John Dredge, and that's one heck of a typo. I've taken time off from my main occupation as a part-time grain removal expert to bring you another series of nothing-to-do-with-anything shows. But don't forget, if you do need any grain removed, call 01 811 8055. This series only lasts a few weeks, and a man's got to eat. In my case, grain. Any road, before we go any further, not that we've been anywhere, I must just say how good it is to finally be back how good it is to finally be back there and a lot of things have happened since we last pretended not to have seen each other for some time haven't they richard indeed they have john yes things have happened all right they most certainly have you're not wrong there well enough of the preamble now it's time for the amble because i'm sure you're all wondering what's coming up on the show and if you weren't you are now For starters, there's the return of our popular interview feature, John Dredge Talks to the Furniture. And this week, I'll be chatting with an assortment of traditional freestanding wardrobes from Leighton Buzzard, who've come together as a suite to record a charity album featuring their own inimitable versions of songs from the musical Oliver. We've got an exciting new strand entitled Dredge Dent, where I will refuse to perform a whole host of daredevil stunts. This week, you can hear me chicken out of jumping from the top of the London Eye into the Thames. And, much later in the show, Frank Sinatra will saw Big Ben in half, accompanied on piano by a goat.
1: In the wee small hours of the morning While the whole wide world
3: is fast asleep You don't get that on LBC. But first, it's time for the part of the show in which we visit one of the many overlooked areas of Britain and ask: where are we meant to be now? This week, I'm in Slightly Oblong, where I've been joined by its mayor, Bunsen Clute. Mr Clute, what would you say is the best thing about Slightly Oblong?
5: Speaking personally, I'd say it was the lack of ardvarks. Ardvarks? Ardvarks. You don't like ardvarks? No, they make that awful gnick-gnick sound. Gnick-gnick? Gnick-gnick. I see... So, what does a typical day as mayor of Slightly Oblong involve? Well, to be honest, most of my time is spent hunting down aardvarks. Aardvarks? Aardvarks, yes. G'nick, g'nick they go, day and night, and often both. Ensuring they stay away from the village is my top priority. I had to walk 42 miles last week, but I still found one. And what did you do when you did? I said shoo. Shoo?
3: Shoo. That told him. Well, let's move as far away from Mayor Clute as we possibly can, and see if there are any other people we can talk to. Hello. Hello. Apparently not. So, Bunsen, have you any other means at your disposal to
5: scare off the sort of aardvarks who won't be shooed? Absolutely, John. In the event of an aardvark refusing to comply, I have invented the automated scaring device for aardvarks, or ASDA for short. You do realise... Yes, the point has been made several times. It's too late. Now the paperwork's been filed. If they're unhappy, let them sue. How does this ASDA machine work? Simple. To put it into operation, I just flick this switch.
0: Go away, aardvarks. There is nothing for you here. Please leave in an orderly manner. Go away, aardvarks. There is nothing for you here. Please leave in an orderly manner. Go away, rocks There is nothing for you here. Yeah.
3: And what if that doesn't have the desired effect? I use a cannon.
5: Oh, look out! Incoming arm, oh. Gotcha!
3: I think that was the village policeman. Ah oh, well, he was never much cop. Thank you very much for your time, Mayor Clute. Before we go a long way away, is there anyone you'd like to say hello to? Doug? Doug. 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 Right well you've certainly done that
5: Tag
6: Productions in association with the Bedfordshire Chamber of Commerce present the Big Screen's favorite four-wheel star in his most exciting adventure yet. (laughs) Herbie goes to Leighton Buzzard. You'll laugh, you'll cry, but most of all, you'll be annoyed by the lack of off-street parking. Starring Dean Jones, a man who once worked with Elvis but is now playing second fiddle to a Volkswagen.
3: Herbie broke down and I had to leave him on a double yellow.
6: <laughs> and introducing someone who will never be heard of again, Joan Deans.
1: Never mind, Jim. The town is served by Route F70, which provides a direct bus service to London.
6: Far out. No, it's
1: just
6: and fresh from being edited out of Rowan and Martin's Laughing, Gene Dones.
1: Or we could just, like, take a trip on the town's groovy narrow gauge Heritage Railway.
3: Far out.
1: No, man. It's just out there.
6: Plus, yet another guest appearance from David Tomlinson, who makes his feelings about Leighton Buzzard explicitly clear. Take me out come here! From the Xerox machine that brought you, Herbie goes to hell in a handcart. Herbie goes to the shops only to find out it's early closing, and Herbie fails his MOT. Comes Herbie goes to Layton Buzzard.
3: Hey, I just heard the UK's two largest estate agents both have their head offices in this town. What do you say to that, Herbie?
6: I thought you might. At last, a motion picture that puts the emphasis on motion and picture. Herbie goes to Leighton Buzzard. It's a complete car crash. Suggested for general anesthetics.
3: Spin the Sputnik. Turn on the hose. Where's the fish cake? Nobody knows.
4: It's I'm the camel!
3: <laughs> <laughs> Splice the tuber, pop the cork, split the atom with a fork.
5: There goes the porcupine!
3: It's The Strange Game, the oddest board game you and your family will ever play Flick the granules over the shoe tree and launch the teacups into the plinths until the yellow alarm clocks in the swamp are covered in roof tiles
1: Here comes
3: the ironing board (laughs) The Strange Game, it's less than ideal In fact, it's bloody awful
0: The National Association of Disc Jockeys' annual general meeting. Brought to you by Castrol GTX. Even better than Castrol GTW. Not as good as Castrol GTZ, though. To be honest, I'd buy that one instead.
3: Hey! And- and with the fabulous sound of my trusty gavel at the top of the hour, I hereby declare this year's AGM of the National Association of Disc Jockeys well and truly open. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah.
1: Good morning. World. It's a brand new day. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good
3: with the time rapidly approaching 27 and a half seconds past the hour, let's move on to today's main business, which is this year's charity appeal for members addicted to jingle collecting. Now, we all know someone affected by this dreadful condition. Some of us have undergone treatment Keep with mixed results I think it's fair to say that most of us have at some point in our careers had experience of this condition, but I'm sure I speak for at least a 40 share of us when I say previous fundraising attempts have not been anywhere near as successful as we'd like. <whack>, Oops. Thanks Dave. So, we've all been racking our brains at Nedge HQ. And I know this isn't going to be popular with everyone in the room, but this year we've decided to take advantage of some low, low prices and advertise on television. Whoa. Whoa. Now, whoa there, now hold up, hold up. Before you guys stage a mutiny, how about you look at a rough cut? Let's roll.
5: not his real name, is 50, which is his real age. And he suffers from CJCS, Chronic Jingle Collecting Syndrome.
4: It all started, I guess, with a single a cappella shout from the back of the record mirror in the spring of 1983. I did a few discos at school and the local youth centre and they got to know my name pretty quickly from that one jingle, so I thought, what's the harm? I started ordering custom cuts from Alpha Sound, the Odd Bill Mitchell, you know, just to keep up with my mates, but before long I wanted everything done with a Sonobox. Then, in the long hot summer of 1987, I fell in with a bad crowd at hospital radio and became a habitual purchaser of re-sings. My first was Pam's Series 42A and things just went downhill from there. Dealers would ask whether I wanted a donut and i cave in I just wanted to hear my name sung, shouted or appropriated in as many ways as possible. By the end of the decade, I was flying out to Dallas one weekend and every four and coming back with a suitcase full of the stuff. I even took orders one year dish them out backstage the Sony's.
3: Better stop it there, he starts naming names.
6: A point of order, Mr Chairman.
3: I'll give way.
6: Uh, this is a highly contentious decision you're asking us to make, and in order to ensure all sides of the argument are represented, uh, I propose that it be put to the vote.
3: A sensational suggestion. Do I hear the motion seconded? I second that motion. Great idea. The next item on the agenda will be right up after this classic smash from Smokey and the Miracles
2: here your A-G-M. A-G-M-M.
3: The time is just coming up to 4.37, and I'm very pleased to say that joining me in the studio now is one of the greatest actors of our time, the time being 4.37. Hurry
2: up, John. It's nearly 4.38.
3: In that case, without further etc., let us welcome star of stage,
2: stage and stage, Sir Greg Haste. How do. Yes, not a lot of film or TV work since last I saw them. Been a bit of a fallow period, has it? Well, it started off fallow, then became a bit lean, and after that it went into a sharp decline. Still, at least there's the knighthood. Yes. Do you think it fits me all right? Feels a bit tight around the back. Suits you to a T. T. If you're making one. But first, tell me,
3: what was it like meeting the Queen? Ah,
2: well, we never actually met. It's more of a... Um, how shall I put it? Uh, it's more of a self-appointed title. One gets one just for submitting one's tax return on time these days. You've been quite busy in the theatre recently, Greg. Sir, Greg. You've been quite
3: busy, Sir Greg, having just been released from playing Man Inside Postbox in No Pillar Boxes Please We're British at the Whoops Ducky Theatre in Paynton. How difficult was that role? Well, it was difficult to get into, and even more difficult to get out of. Are you saying you used the
2: method approach to become accustomed to the role, but had trouble switching off when you weren't on stage? No. I physically couldn't get into the postbox without assistance from the ASMs, and most nights at curtain call they'd just jack me in a cab before I could get changed. How did you prepare for the role i tried to inhabit the part from the inside spending a lot of time prior to rehearsals hiding in a variety of vending machines it was invaluable experience and i didn't have to pay for food and drink for weeks and now that's over and done with is there anything else on the horizon well i've the lead role of mcgill in a stage adaptation of the 60s action series man in a suitcase to think about are you up for the part no no i just like to think about it Greg Haste, thank you very much. Sir, Greg Haste. Yep. Do it!
5: Do it! Do it! Oh yeah! Pump up the volume, pump up the volume, pump up the volume. Dredge, dredge.
3: And now, at what can only be described as the midway point of the second half of the show, it's time for the answers to the quiz we set at the end of the last series. Owing to the length of time we've been away and the basic oversight of not having a closing date, we ended up receiving over 30 million entries. But before the winner is revealed, let's see what prizes are on offer.
1: What prizes are on offer? Hostess. There are some fantastic prizes, John. Like this alarm clock with a bit of wood on the side. Leftover from Series 1. Electric artichoke with semicircular plug valve, an inarticulated lorry, and this week's star prize a fully operational car park.
3: And what superb, multi-structural wall panels, girders and floors it has, complete with matching attendants. So, at last, we come to the answers. Question one, who played Colonel Pickering in the 1964 film My Fair Lady? The answer was, of course, an actor. For question two, we asked, what sort of cheese is paneer? And the answer was, horrible. Question three, in which Australian state is Darwin? The answer, none of them, he's dead. Question number four, what is a Geiger counter used to detect? The answer was Geigers, the clue was in the question. And finally, who was the fifth wife of Henry VIII? It was, of course, the penultimate one, although he would have also accepted the one before last. Now, the four correct entries have been safely kept in our special nothing-to-do-with-anything show Tombola for the last 43 years. So finally, after all this time, let's pick out a winner. Oh, I thought I put them in here. Uh... Ah, saved by the cartoon door. Yeah, all right, Chief. Chief. Well, if it isn't one of the most important composers of the 20th century, Arnold Schoenberg. Yeah, yeah, I can do without a flannel. You seem to have lost your Austrian accent since moving to Enfield. Yeah, some little scrote half-inched it while I was having an airy rag. I'm sorry to hear that. Tell me, Arnold, what sort of progress have you made with your innovations in atonality? Now, do me a favour. I'm sorry? It ain't just atonal... It's more your actual absence of traditional tonal centres, know what I mean? Is it? Yeah. Uh, Well, what are you working on at the moment? A table. A table? Yeah. I had a desk, but that got nicked as well. I remember when you could leave the doors to the
4: Conservatoire wide open. Not anymore, mate. Those days are long gone. I believe
3: you've brought a copy of your latest original composition with you. Dead right, Mush. Prick up your Britneys to this. Ah. <laughs> Good, isn't it? It's certainly uh, unusual. Unusual? Very, uh, what's the word? Yes, very what's the word. Uh, leave it out, John. It's bad enough trying to get here to play as it is without you giving us all that. Good luck with it, though.
4: Whatever it is. I don't know. You try to come up with something new and you get the door slammed in your
3: face.
5: See what I mean?
3: I prefer Stockhausen. I
5: heard that. Jump Trench, Jump Trench, 275 on the nearest number. Jump Trench, Jump Trench, not on Radio 1.
3: And that clip from Herbie's fatal accident brings this week's show to an emergency stop. It was written and performed by John Dredge and the producer Richard Cray, and also featured Paul Creasy, Max Dowler, Miles Edie, Greg Haste, James Shakeshaft and Katie Slater. Jeremy Ray provided technical assistance, and the musical numbers were performed by the Norman Tabernacle Choir. Thanks, Norman. No problem, John. And so, until next time, from all of us here and some of us there, it's a very good night to you. About time, too. Some of us in this. We're trying to get some sleep. Always nice to hear from the engineer. You know, if it's a good night's kip you're after...
5: Oh, bub, I can't get to sleep what with this cold and the price of cheese keeping me awake.
1: What you need,
5: Malcolm, is new improved Radio 2. I can't listen to that, bub.
1: Of course you can, Malcolm. Radio 2 contains Zoe Ball, Sarah Cox and Popmaster and so aids restful
5: sleep. Ask your doctor whether Radio 2 is right for you or consult your Radio Times. Morning, Mother. Just wanted to say thanks for the Radio 2. I went out like a light, slept the whole way through Gary Davis, and now I just want to run all the way to work.
1: That'll be the Vanessa Feltz.
5: Radio 2. Works fast. Lasts for hours. And hours. And hours. And hours
2: favorite song sold in new Deuce Company for you on BBC Radio